Hey, Robs, how's it going? Oh, hey, man. Dude, I just got this new phone. It's got this sweet camera. Dude, I just took some pictures of my shrimp. Check this out. Oh, dude, is that your junk? I'm so sorry. I just, I swear to God, I just typed in my phone, shrimp, and I sent the wrong picture. Please let me send the correct one. It's from Joe Shrimp Shack. Please just let me send it right now. Um, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure that's infected. There, there. I just sent the picture. Just pretend the other one didn't happen. To make it up to you, I'm going to go to joeshrimpshack.com. I'm going to use promo code AquariumGuys at checkout. I'm going to order you some shrimp. Just please don't share this with anyone. Don't tell. This never happened. Dude. You should seriously consider some manscaping. JoeShrimpShack.com. We'll forget if you will. Welcome to the Aquarium Guys podcast with your hosts, Jim Colby and Rob Zolson. <laughs> Jimmy's not here. Bottle oh, together, Rob. Uh, okay, in three, two, one. Hi, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Today, Jimmy left me. Uh, you deserved it. Uh, he, he's turning. Uh, he's turning seventy-five years old. I'm to tell you that he's going to punch you in the throat for that one. I, I suppose. Well, I'm your host, Rob Zolson. I'm Adam on the Shire, and I'm Jenny Wyvern. The replacement for Jimmy. Well, we have a J at least. Yes, right. And when we're sitting there looking for candidates for a temporary replacement for our co-host, we have to go with someone way more attractive. I mean, that's just a given. And uh, thank you for being on here, Jenny. That's really hard to beat Jim's uh, attractiveness. He does have that mystical, magical man voice that everybody so craves. But what you going to do? So, Adam. Yes. You had the, the podcast for this week, the idea. And uh, what is it again? Aquarium turtles. Or whoa, whoa, just whoa, turtles whoa. in general. Wait, wait. Aquarium turtles. So before we get into, because normally the podcast theme has questions, what we did through the week, everything else. What on earth is the difference between a turtle and an aquarium turtle? Some you put in an aquarium. Some of them are like better pets than other ones. So this is going to be the turtle episode, and we're going to learn what aquarium turtles are together. But before we get into it, Jenny is our residential expert in Discord on amphibians. Jenny works for the tie-dye iguana, is that correct? Correct. In St. Louis. So shout out to them, and uh, thank you, Jenny, for joining us. So hopefully we can get these questions answered, such as the the term aquarium turtle, which makes my butthole, frankly, clench. So thanks for that, Adam. <laughs> You're welcome. I do what I can. You 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 do the Lord's work clearly. So this now I know what to say whenever I want to get you going. Aquarium turtle. Yeah, see right there, clench. Just so you know, that is all you going around. To go into detail, we have some messages back and forth from people. Um, let me go to the first one. Give me just a moment here. So, okay. The first one, we have a listener, Rex. He's messaged us before and he wanted to let us know that this is not his video, but apparently there is a, um, I don't want to use meme. There is a minimal viral video going around of an Asian arowana swallowing a red tail catfish hole. So, uh, (laughs) how does that feel? They can make it, Rob. Right. So it's the other way around. So I, 
for those that have not listened to the podcast, when we first started the podcast, one of our you know detrimental stories, because we always talk about our mistakes as well, we're human, and we learn from them, and I wanted to share that with others, is that I decided to pair my black arowana, not Asian, by the way, black arowana with a rescued um, shovel nose cat, which happened to swallow him whole. So thank you, Rex, for coming to my defense and showing me an arowana that can eat a catfish hole. Yeah, well, it also helps if you put the arowana of a decent size with a catfish. Right? So the other uh, messages we got is uh, one on Facebook. And guys, if you got questions, go to AquariumGuysPodcast.com, the bottom of the website. You'll find the information to reach us. You can go email. You can give us a phone call. Leave us a voicemail, text message, however you want. Even going to our Facebook page and sending us a direct message works just fine. We have people that message us on uh, Facebook, and I was frankly beside myself. I'm like, what do uh, what do we do with these? Hi, my name is Rich. Love the podcast. Keep them coming. Anyways, wanted to ask about what filtration I should use for my biggest aquarium. It's a 375-gallon acrylic aquarium measuring 8 feet long and 30 inches high and wide. It already does have the drain and returns for the tank installed towards the top of the aquarium. Um, however, it leaks slowly around uh, the fastening rings for the PVC pipe in the back of the aquarium. So what I want to do is create a behemoth of a planted aquarium uh, scape, fill it with cardinal tetras, quarry cats, hatchet fish, etc., plus tons of plants. But the current problem is the leakage on the fastener rings. I'm considering closing the ports off, sealing them up, then installing a canister filter like a Fluval X6, or that, or turn my 125 gallon tank underneath the 375 into a wet dry sump. What would you guys recommend? Keep the pod a great podcast. Just say no. The feeder guppies. Thanks again. So a little shout out for you uh, there, Adam. Yeah, I seen that. So Adam, what do you recommend for a 375? To put in it for filtration. Well, that FX should be fine. That FX six. Well, Adam leans the FX right because it's simple and easy. But uh, they don't die. Like you don't understand. I've had Hagen pumps that just right. do not die. They're they're the best canister filter. I mean, we can't argue with the FX six results. They're they're bulletproof. They they come with all the the frills, bells, and whistles. But. I still, as good as that best canister filter is, I always recommend a sump. I mean, any day. Wet, dry, however you want. If you have a 125-gallon sump underneath, awesome. I mean, you can put hanging side baskets on it to keep other uh, fish in. The, imagine the amount of media you can put in. You can do chambered moving beds. The amount of filtration would be insane. You could potentially, and I'm not telling you to do this, but if you're doing a... 375 community aquarium where it's nothing but quote unquote nano fish like cardinal tetras, you can potentially do thousands of fish in a 375 with a 125 gallon sump underneath. You could overpack that with schooling fish and it'll easily chew through the ammonia with that amount of a sump. Whereas a canister filter, it will certainly filter the water, but it won't even compete with a 125 gallon sump. I mean, as cool as the Fluval FX6 is. Well, yeah, but. I suppose the only thing you're going to have to do is um, you're going to have to put power heads if he wanted hatchet fish. He's going to have to put power heads in the corners because the hatchet fish like a little bit of current. Either, yeah, power heads or... You're going to have to put at least, let me think here, 
or the return. Four he can have six. a return flow on the sump and just make it a crazy powerful sump. You know what else he needs? He needs some endlers in that tank. He said no feeder guppies at him. So well, he might get some dropped off. off. <laughs> might get them dropped off. That's yeah. what we're gonna do. We're gonna go to our favorite listeners and just like prank their tank with endlers. <laughs> That's not a bad like, idea. like our version of shitting on their lawn. <laughs> yeah, have some endlers. Jenny, what do you recommend? Who's who's right? Uh, I think Adam might be on the right side here. God damn it! Mine's more work, but mine's better. All right. I mean, Mine, I like that. Oh that God. is a pretty powerful sump. It's it's a sump and a half. Like you could section off the sump as its own like little timeout zone for different fish. Or here's a cool idea. You can light a section of the sump and have it just be uh, like dwarf hair grass bed. So choose even more <laughs> out for you. There's there's just a limitless amount of options that you can do with that sump. Um, in fact, mine, I have a 125-gallon planted tank. That I'm doing the same idea. I have the, uh, not Cardinal Tetras, Rummy Nose Tetras, because I prefer more those more than Cardinal Tetra. And I put hundreds of them in there. And I'm actually converting it over to a sump because I love sump so much from my other uh, tanks. So food for thought, you know, J- Jenny and Adam are, are right. It's, it's a great filter, but have some fun. Build your own. Well, okay. So can you put a, that big of a sump in a planted tank? Oh, yeah. You can put in as big a sump or tiny a sump as you want. See, I've just never had really good luck with sumps. So what, what, what is, what is your struggles, Adam? I feel like this is an educating moment for all of us. Well, I think I'm going to set one up and I'm going to try a little something. The next one I do, I'm going to have my garage going and then I'll do that. So let's just rewind for a minute and talk about sumps. I know that it's a pot future podcast coming. We're going to talk about sumps, but uh, just a quick overview. We're going to like throw over on this one to start. If you're looking for the efficient hobo version of a sump, there's many different things you can do, and we'll go over that in a future podcast. But have number one, your filtration. So I always use like a matten filter, and you can look up matten filters. You can buy them on Amazon. They come in sheets, and you can cut them to fit. So that way, all the water pumped in have to go through that. So it catches live uh, born babies. It catches all the debris, whatever else. So it goes through the first mechanical filtration. Then it goes through a layer of biological filtration. And generally, you go buy yourself media balls crazy expensive instead get yourself some pot scrubbies go to your dollar store hustle up a few bags of them things and fill it up with pot scrubbies they're just as good if not better than bio balls most bio balls in the market and also not just that but you can also use lava rock lava rock is really good for media in fact i recommend doing both because why not in your sump if you can have the best of both worlds i mean do it i usually Go you ahead. can get the lava rock from the Dollar Tree Dollar Store when you're going to get the pot scrubbies. Just dig it out of their front. No idea. Oh, you just yeah, yeah, oh, dig it out of the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, just go to Home Depot and for like literally like a fifty pound bag, it's like three bucks. That would be again. You first you do your mechanical, not biological filtration, and then as far as chemical goes, you can put in your bag of carbon. You can put in a UV filter. And then your heater, your pump, everything else, and it just cycles on through. And it chews through the filtration so well. It's like having a larger ecosystem for your tank than you ever uh, ever expected. But great question. Love it. Hopefully we answered it. And now the leaky part, I mean, 
if you have a bad bulkhead, replace the bulkhead. If it's leaking around the fitting for the PVC, clearly you have to either unscrew it or cut it and put a new uh, piece on there. Um, there's plenty of different videos that many different uh, YouTubers go on on how to seal and fix bulkheads. There, are, I'd certainly search a couple. I think even Ohio Fish Rescue has a couple recommendations for when they put in tanks. So check those out. But make sure you have a bulkhead cover, especially with a planted tank. Otherwise, you're going to have potential for clogging. And that's not cool, especially when you have like um, red Ludwig or something that sheds. Don't you have to be careful with what you put on the, like when you're sealing it with the new stuff? Because doesn't some stuff like eat through the acrylic? Some of the chemical compounds? Eat through the acrylic. Yeah, I, 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 I thought I heard that if you put, what the hell was it? They have, when you're sealing an acrylic tank, you have to be really careful because if you put the wrong stuff on it, it'll like melt right through the plastic. Oh, that's why I use the right stuff. But I guess I've never just sat there and bought stuff and hoped it worked for acrylic. I always get the stuff for acrylic. I just never thought of that. That's probably a good note to have listeners. Uh, take I, thought, I thought super glue was one of those that just eats right through it. Could be. That sounds pretty familiar to me. I, I couldn't say whether or not that's true, but that's it sounds that actually sounds like something I've been warned about before. So maybe just like make sure you're watching what adhesives you're using with acrylic. Gotcha. You, know, you don't want to wreck that nice of a tank. Where are you going to put the feeder guppies? <laughs> yeah, wherever you're going to put the feeder guppies. I'm glad we trained you, Adam. So next question we have is uh, from Natalia and says, Hey, my husband recently turned me on to you guys. Love the podcast. Hope you're answering. Uh, hope you answer fan questions. Me and him are having a disagreement on how to start up a shrimp breeding tank. I want to start with ghost shrimp and see how well we do with those first and uh, they are so much cheaper. And if it doesn't fail, it won't be a huge financial hit. We want to start either with cherry shrimp or blue cherry shrimp. I don't know what blue cherry shrimp is. Um, and th think that it would be a huge investment um, to go for first at breeding. Anyways, can we get your guys's thoughts on this? Um, mine is number one. I'm assuming she just refers to cherry shrimp as the neocardinia shrimp. So you could either do like cherry or blue shrimp, which would be like a um, blue really. Yeah, blue really. There's plenty of different blue shrimp to pick from. But as far as do you start with ghost shrimp as a test subject? No. Ghost shrimp, I, I wouldn't. And I, I get the idea that you want to try a fish that's less risky. Saltwater does this all the time. You throw in a damselfish to start the cycle. Damselfish will take a lot of abuse. If the damselfish is working, that at least gives you enough hope to put other fish in that are more expensive. So I understand the concept of doing this. We all do this uh, in some of our places and our hobbies. But ghost shrimp and neocardinia shrimp are very different subjects. Ghost shrimp have a completely different behavior. They're essentially a different shrimp. I, I use feeder shrimp or garbage shrimp for ghost shrimp. In fact, when you order from places like wholesale for pet stores, ghost shrimp are on the feeder uh, list for feeder, uh, feeder food. They are. They have very different requirements and really won't show if a neocardinia is safe in a tank or not, just because they are different. They have completely different tolerant levels. So... I messaged back, said ghost shrimps are very different uh, to the colored shrimp and have different attributes. Because of this, tests with ghost shrimp would give 
um, wouldn't give info worth having, I would start with Neo Cardenas, low cost to start, and skip ghosts altogether. Well, the other thing is, is ghosts don't breed. They only breed in brackish water. Plus, they're not like the Neo Cardenas where they're, they just, they're an egg scatterer. They just release all the eggs. Right. They release the egg, yeah, so they're just... They're whole not different monster. Yeah. So, so what are they trying to do? Are they trying to like set up just a shrimp tank or that sounds well, they like want to breed them? A shrimp tank for breeding, but they don't want to start with uh, expensive shrimp. And I get this now to to give you a recommendation on this. I would certainly go out and anybody that really does deal in shrimp, um, especially like an actual shrimp shack. Shout so out to shrimp shack. Shrimp shack. They have cull tanks because any good shrimp uh, host, any good shrimp breeder, make sure to pull culls from his tank. Some people label this as the Skittles um, coloration of it because they just have a uh, tank full of culls. But any person that's actually into shrimp has these, and they're about 50 cents to two bucks a piece, depending on the quality of cull that you can get. So if you want to reach out and you want to try something less risky, go to your local place, call Joe at joeshrimpshack.com, and he'll send you. He may not have it listed on his website, but he has culls that he can certainly send you. That is much cheaper than going for the uh, high-end shrimp you're looking at. But just go for the high-end and breed them. Like cherry shrimp are the easiest things. They'll they'll go in a five-gallon, five-and-a-half-gallon bare-bottom tank with some java moss. Just throw that in there, feed them, and they breed. It's the simplest thing in the world. I have two, I have a rack of two-and-a-half-gallon tanks for all the uh, neocardinia species I can possibly do. And no heat, just a sponge filter. Ta-da. I mean, Rob's having success, so that should tell you something. Right. I mean, if I'm doing it, then you know that they work with the uh, catfish that ate my arowana. You know what would be awesome? If they actually ate the catfish. I mean, keep dreaming. (laughs) We'll get a video of that yet from someone. That'll probably happen. One of those big pistol shrimp. (laughs) Just like shoots it right in the heart. Yep. (laughs) You're a sick man. All right, well, let's get this topic kicked off. So, again, I am not the expert. I uh, have my own stories of turtles, but uh, I'm not a huge fan of keeping turtles. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to hate on turtles. There's a lot of cool turtles out there. Uh, A lot of the rare species I find fun. There's even a turtle that's uh, at Ohio Fish Rescue. I don't know if they still have it. What was that rare turtle that that you were mentioning there, Adam, that they had? Yeah. Fly River Turtle. Those things are freaking awesome. Those things are really nice. They're expensive as hell. So before I, I we get like eight grand a piece before we go too far in, cause we're going to treat this as an, any other interview. Now, Jenny, you are our resident, uh, um, from our discord. And again, if you guys want to listen to these podcasts live, you can join us on our app called discord. Go to aquariumguyspodcast.com on the bottom of the website. You'll find the info and join the debauchery live. We do these right now where it's Monday at seven, uh, uh seven central. That's when we start these. So certainly join us, but Jenny is our resident amphibian expert. And we're just yep. going to do interview questions with you because that seems fun. So number one, Jenny, what got you into the hobby of amphibians? So ever since I was a little girl, I've just always really enjoyed just literally barefoot going out into ponds and just like catching all the like the little critters. And I've just really taken a liking to frogs. I, I didn't like the, the their cute little just squishy bodies and like their big old eyes just <laughs> they're so cute i don't know i just there's something about them that's just all right frog I, fetish check uh that and then also the 
the calls that they make. Like I love listening to different calls and like the, I guess the voices that they have and what species and. You know, I have these tree frogs outside my basement window where I work because I work from home. Thanks COVID. And they just sit there and I have cracked my window open for some fresh air. And I have maybe a dozen or a half dozen frogs sitting down there. They're just tree frogs on my screen window and they look at me, and every time they make a noise, it sounds like my uncle just has acid reflux. So I feel you. Hmm. What color are they? <laughs> some are green. Some are, are kind of brown, but they all have that kind of leopard pattern blotchiness. Dude. You know, honestly, I think I could tell you what they are just by hearing that and knowing about where you live. Uh, it's yep. actually it could be a gray tree frog. I love they those. Just, those are my favorite. I collect a bunch of those. <laughs> I literally feel like I have an audience all day because you know how you have... Uh, for, I found out that in Minnesota or up north, we have basements. I don't know why the south doesn't have a lot of basements, but in my basement, we have these... Uh, what, is it, what would you call them? Recess windows? They're like yeah, into the ground. The well windows. But the, the frogs can't get out, so they just sit down there getting fat off of all the bugs that are in the recess windows, and it feels like I have an audience staring at me all day. Well, your best bet is if you ever find a toad or a frog in one of your well windows or recess windows, whatever you call it, your best bet is literally take them out and throw them back outside. Because sometimes, especially if they aren't tree frogs, they cannot get out. So just take those guys and throw them back into nature. Survival of the fittest in the gauntlet. I just want to be like, this is Sparta and fill more frogs. But I like to I'll help them, though. Help your frogs. Don't Don't be mean. So that's what got you uh, into it. It was apparently your fascination for frogs. And now, what do you do with amphibians? Uh, I basically just have a, I have a few bullfrogs myself. I have um, a white tree frog. And some people call them dumpy frogs as well. I also have a green tree frog, which is more native to Florida. They're like little green things with little white stripes on them. Uh, I have a couple gray tree frogs that I've actually raised since tadpoles. Uh, they were in a pool. I got a friend's house and they literally were about to just dump the pool. It's like one of those kiddie pools. So I ended up taking like a jar full and uh, grabbing these tadpoles and raising them up. And only two have survived. Well, seven, they're about seven years old. So they're up in age. They're probably about to croak. Well, I just got yeah. a question answered. I was going to ask the average age of frogs. Uh, well, it actually depends on the species. I couldn't tell you most but gray tree frogs live between five and seven years old or five and eight years old mine are about seven my green tree frogs i don't know those i bought at my store as full-grown adults so i don't know how old those is uh dumpy frogs i want to say they live between eight and ten but i'm uh not a hundred percent sure um, i gotta google dumpy frog have you that seen is- the video of that of that one trying to eat the guy's finger Exactly. That's what it is. That's one of the, they're yeah. like what you would consider like an actual quote unquote pet frog. Cause most frogs you don't want to touch. These things will eat mice. They're actually kind of cool. No, no, oh no, you, no. Dumpy frogs will not eat mice. They don't get that big. You're probably thinking of Pac-Man frogs or pixie frogs. So I'm looking this up, right? And again, there's common names for everything. Just like there is for fish. So is this the white dumpy tree frog, otherwise known as the Australian green tree frog? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They don't seem to get that big, but I still see a picture of one eating a small mouse. I mean, they could possibly, but I would never give mine an adult mouse. They're, they're very bulbous and uh, cartoony. Yeah. There's a video of one trying to eat a guy's finger. It's actually hilarious because it just keeps trying to eat and eat and eat. 
they're literally they're made of rolls. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that this <laughs> is the frog that they have on the famous meme video of the frog trying to eat ants off an iPhone screen. Yes. Uh, no, that no, one no, actually, no. Uh, that's a pixie frog. Oh my god, there's so many frogs. The pixie frog, also known as the uh, yeah. African bullfrog. Yeah, those things get big. Those ones will eat even rats. So they're one of the, I think they're actually the heaviest They get like five frogs. Or no, that's the goliath. Yeah, okay, the, the goliath one that we had on Storytime 1, where it's stuck to the back of Jimmy's uh, neck, those are the biggest. Yeah. Well, the the Goliath bullfrogs they'll actually jump like up to like fifteen feet. Something well, they like certainly that. jumped across a minivan from the back. <laughs> of the front. So can confirm, can confirm. Do you have right. any poison darts? Uh, I do not own personally any poison darts, but we do have some at our shop. Okay, they're a really fun one. I've had a lot of them. They are very personable. Once you get to, it's okay. So with a lot of frogs, they actually have a lot of personality. What's really cool is they, you get to know these frogs and these frogs will kind of like start seeing you as like a source of food. And so whenever they see you kind of like fish, they'll come up to the tank and be like, it's a food day. It's a food day. Oh my God. There's crickets. And like, you'll start hand feeding and stuff like that. Oh, and even dart frogs, like they'll they'll come up to your tongs as you're feeding, like trying to pick stuff out of the cage, like cleaning it. They're trying to hit your tongs, and you're just like, no, stop eating the dirt. <laughs> They're adorable. I love it. What do you do at the uh, tie dyed iguana? So actually, I'm a uh, animal care manager. Basically, I take care of all the animals within our shop. I make sure everything's nice and healthy. I make sure that all the animals like just are where they're supposed to be fed uh, up tip top shape. You know, if we have any sick animals, I usually pull those guys, you know, keep them in like a quarantine area until they're nice and healthy and ready to go back out for sale. Um, I also manage animal behavior. So not only do I uh, educate customers on how to handle your animal but i also tell uh you know uh basically show them whenever you see like a certain behavior from an animal this is what this means and that kind of stuff so i i just do anything and everything that it has to do with like our animals in the shop i even do nail clippings for us well nail clippings yeah i do uh basically bearded dragons or even even turtles, if you bring them in, I'll do beak trimmings whenever they get too long. Uh, any nails that get too sharp, I can also clip their nails. I had no idea that we had to do nail trimmings for lizards, but I guess that makes sense. You do it for all the other creatures. Yep. I mean, I've seen a lot of cases where <clears throat> I actually had this one client come in. She had just rescued, rescued a baby bearded dragon, and she was very stunted, and like her nails were all curly cued and everything. Her name was carol baskins and oh my god <laughs> uh, basically I've, I've been treating this uh bearded dragons pretty much monthly since she's come in and her nails went from like this little curly cue to like straight and they're still a little curved but they're actually coming back out straight just because they're doing maintenance on these nail trims i mean it's just like us like even if you bite your nails it's still maintaining your your nails you know if you let them grow out if just look up longest nails in the world you'll see that they you know they'll impede your hands 
I've actually had that with guinea pigs that don't get their nails trimmed. Birds. It's bad. Oh, yeah. So you just Having a to- pet salon is probably a real thing that you'll see in major cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love it. All right. So now getting into the actual the turtle conversation. So yeah. let's start off with the first statement. So have you heard, uh, Jenny, of the term aquarium turtle? I have. So in my mind, right, as being an aquarium guy, an aquarium turtle is a turtle that you have with other fish. Is this at all, um, because we're going to have plenty of beginners or people that are thinking about adding a turtle to a tank, is there special turtle species to do this with, or should it not be done at all? Uh, Okay, personal opinion, shouldn't, just because, excuse me, uh, just because the uh, turtles, they're carnivores or omnivores or, you know, uh, so if you keep them with any fish, in uh, you, some are herbivores, but those are tortoises. Don't worry about those. Um, a lot of aquarium turtles that we get can actually harm any fish that we have with them. Doesn't matter, big or small, they're they're always going to nip at fins. So I don't recommend turtles other than or turtle uh, fish tank mates unless they're other turtles. Essentially. Um, you can get away with it if you have like armored fish like plecos and stuff like that. But I still, I'm very wary of that kind of stuff because, you know, if a turtle isn't fed enough, they're, or if they're curious enough, they'll just go after their fins and, you know, what problems that can cause, like fin rot, all that kind of stuff. You don't want that to happen. Um, another big issue is uh, turtles, they create a lot of waste, like a lot. Um, <clears throat> I always recommend whenever you have a, an aquarium turtle, quote unquote, uh, you want to have the filtration twice as much as your, uh, aquarium amount. So say you have a 10 gallon, you're going to want a filter. That's at least a 20 gallon, uh, filtration system, uh, cause they create that much amount or that much waste. Uh, another thing is because of how much waste they produce, you're going to have to do a lot of cleaning and like a lot of water changes as well. And along with that waste, they also have salmonella. And salmonella is just like part of their like gut flora. So you can't really. Well, I think that's all amphibians. They're all potential carriers of salmonella. True. Now I'm going to pause you at that one. So for those that are looking for turtles, don't take this next statement as meaning to dissuade you. But uh, we've talked about this before as stuff that's, uh, you know, BS. So Jimmy can attest to this, and we can ask him next time because it is his birthday. Happy birthday, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Colby. <laughs> but turtles are uh, have regulations specifically with the USDA. Am I right, Adam? Yep, that's the four-inch rule. And that's what the- is the four-inch rule besides how you unzip your pants? Okay, that's you, and you're lucky to get four inches. But the four-inch rule states that you cannot sell any turtle or tortoise under four inches unless it is for scientific purposes only. In the United States of America. That is is correct. You can export millions of them overseas, which I have friends that do, and it doesn't matter. But only in the United States can you not have anything Four inches or under, unless it's for scientific purposes. Oh, whoa, whoa. you can have them, but you cannot sell them. You cannot sell them. Which but is you can, uniquely you can, weird. Well, yeah, but you can sell them if you say that it's for scientific purposes. 
you know, like I'm getting this for my kid to do a science experiment. Wink, wink, you know, nudge, nudge. Right. That's the so, only way around. Some of the stuff, because Jimmy's been wholesaling for years, right, to different pet stores, including your your store you used to have, Adam, and that's how you guys built your relationship together as friends. So uh, Jimmy used to sell turtles to different pet stores, and then the USDA got wind of baby turtles being sold at some pet stores. And then the USDA said, hey, where did you get those turtles? Then they went to Jimmy and said, hey, Jimmy, and I'm paraphrasing, we can get his uh, exact thing. I think he's mentioned it before in the podcast that they said, nope, we have to have you recall all the turtles and give their money back. And then we need to slaughter all the turtles. That sounds about right from the USDA. Right. So Jimmy contacted a very smart person and then threatened the USDA that, okay, we're going to put this ad in the paper, notifying people to recall their turtles. And on the ad that Jimmy created, it said that um, notice to all customers of uh, this pet store, and he had to put out an ad for each pet store's location, right? And we're uh, due to USDA regulations, we are recalling turtles for slaughter. Please send your turtle and get your refund back. And of course, the USDA is like, whoa, 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 we can't have you put that out there. I'm like, well, I'm gonna. No, no, they can keep their turtles, just stop selling them. Otherwise, we'll find you. Okay. So the USDA thought on this is kids touch turtles, kids get salmonella. And for no, some no, no. it's kids, kids will stick the turtle in their mouth. The turtle will shit in their mouth. Sorry, you'll have to bleep that. And nope. then they will no, get I'm not bleeping that. <laughs> <laughs> so number one, you can get salmonella from touching an amphibian. I mean, you're more likely to get it from raw chicken from yes. the grocery store. Right. You're more likely to get it from raw chicken from the grocery store, but you can still get salmonella from touching a turtle. So there is no more risk than it is a small turtle as a big turtle. But the USDA thinks that turtles need to shit in kids' mouths, which I don't understand. It's the US, the government. I think it's also them thinking kids will also be kids. And no matter how you tell them, after you touch your pet turtle, Go wash your hands. They're not going to wash their hands. They're going to rub their eye, pick their nose, stick their finger in their ear. Who knows? But the point of the matter is that you're going to get it no matter what. And four inches is a BS statement. And I will stand <laughs> by that all day. And I will agree with you. It is the dumbest, one of the dumbest rules out there. Yeah. No, it, it, it really hinders the, the reptile business whenever uh, we have to sell turtles and tortoises that are over four inches. My personal favorite was I had a USDA guy come in and he checked the backs of all the ingredient lists of all my food. And I had to quit selling Marshall's ferret treats because they had beef in them. That's they were. Yeah. So, yeah, you know what I'm talking about because you work at a store. The Bill Jack treats, they had beef in them. And they said that they were worried about that carrying bovine encephalitis or some weird thing. That they weren't treated in the state of Minnesota. You need them treated is what the guy said. So I couldn't sell my treats anymore. I've never heard not being able to sell something because of beef, but I'm not. That very... was, it was the USDA. I was oh. to the point where I don't even argue with them anymore. Beefy, beefy, right? So out of all the aquarium turtles that are probably going to work, the only one that I could think that you could maybe put with a fish if you put them with like guppies or sword tails is like little musk turtles. Yeah, that's correct. Like musk that, turtles, map turtles, any of the spiny shell turtles, like any of the smaller turtles, you still run the risk of them nipping other fish tails. But I mean, 
they're usually a little bit more placid than like say your red-eared slider or your uh, eastern painted turtle matamata yep (laughs) any of those yep indonesian snake necks yeah those are nice the pink belly zones are my favorite Mm -hmm. so let's go through each category right because i'm new to turtles more or less I've had a couple that are just rescues. I've never kept them on uh, on purpose. I've had, uh, and I think this comes by upbringing. Being raised in se- central northern Minnesota, I'm in the heart of the lakes. I see turtles every single day across the highway. I grew up in a lake where there's hundreds of turtles. Painted turtles show up on my dock. They actually have turtle races in my hometown of Perm, Minnesota. <laughs> they called me International Turtle Races. Now, before you, uh, you know, Sensitive people on uh, the podcast are, are running to uh, your emails to let us know. These turtle races are, are humane. How th- this happens, before we get into deep dive of turtles, is they go out and collect wild painted turtles from the area. They're trapped, uh, I think, a day in advance, two days in advance, and they take a bat, large batches, probably a few hundred turtles in, and they have kids race the turtles. So what they do is they draw a big circle in the middle of the highway. And again, the highway's um, barred off from traffic, so that's safe for kids. And they draw a big circle and then a small circle in the center. They set the turtle down and then release the turtle. And whosoever turtle makes it to the outer ring of the big circle first wins. You're not allowed to throw anything at the turtle. You're not allowed to poke your turtle. You cannot touch your turtle after you've released it. All you can do is sit there and try to hope and pray that your turtle's first. So if your turtle uh, beats it's the uh, end of the line, you win and get a prize. Then once that turtle's done his one race, they put him into the back of a truck with a container, and he doesn't race again for the rest of the day, and they re-release him that same day. So very humane. Kids get to interact with wildlife, and it's all approved by our local DNR as well. well that sounds like fun. <laughs> Quite fun. We call them the international turtle races. That's a that must be a Midwest thing because I remember doing those things in Fort Wayne when I'd go visit family there. So it must be like just a little bit farther west of than Midwest than me. Well, right? I live in, in the Midwest. I've never heard of this, but I do like the concept. The, those are so interesting. That's like going to a mini state fair. I saw a guy that had a snapping turtle, an alligator snapping turtle hat. And it was mechanical with the jaw. He could pull a little string and the jaw was spring-loaded. It would chomp. No joke. And now I you, wanted it. You are allowed to bring your own turtle. They, they just supply mm-hmm. those turtles from the wild. So if you have your own turtle that you think is faster than the rest of the competition, they totally allow it. So I have people that bring baby snapping turtles in because they think when they're smaller size, they run faster. They don't. Most of the time, they don't. But some have won. But uh, you're certainly allowed to bring your own turtle. Fun process. They do have quite uh, quite rules and regulations exactly of how things happen to protect the health of the turtles. But fun deal. Look up to see if you have a local turtle race near you. And be yeah. careful with what kind of turtle because you don't want to be like the one person that brought a wood turtle to the turtle race. That's uh, huh? Well, what happened now? Like like an actual piece of wood? No, 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 no. In northern <laughs> Minnesota, there's a there's wood turtles, and they're very rare. Somewhat like a kind of like a box turtle. Yep. Uh, like the ornate the ornates that we have, they're they're uh, endangered. Yeah, and 
they had caught one in the woods and brought it with them, and the lady just said nope and took it. <laughs> Good. Oh no. Yeah, she t- she t- she's like, I'm confiscating this, like off that, like off the movie, and just put was it-, it like a DNR person? Well, they work with the DNR and they know what's legal because like there's Blanding's turtles in Minnesota too, and those okay. are so illegal you can't even touch them. Yeah, but, but that's outside of the the rules and competition. That's more of you can't have those turtles. Yeah. Yeah, that has nothing that's to do with nice, though. Yeah, it's just illegal to have them. Well, it's good that, uh, you know, there's people there that are educated enough to take away these turtles that should not be raised. Well, that and most of the time the DNR show up to these events as well because it's education and they're they're happy to try to assist with these, uh, with these events. But regardless, now we'll get into turtle facts. So as a non-turtle novice, the number one question is, what do I put my turtle in? So if I had a turtle, just because I... I, I uh, Grew up where I did. I would have a kitty pond. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna make it so they can't crawl out of it. Have as much uh, area to swim, roam as possible, and also probably put like a, a island in the middle where they can sun themselves with the heat lamp. But that's me not holding turtles. So where would you keep turtles and how? Um, honestly, that's that's actually not that far off. As long as you have a good swimming area for them to like, you know, go around forage for like food, whatever they want. Uh, they also need an area where they can dry off as well, because if you do not have an area for them to dry off, their shell will actually rot. Uh, so you need any, uh, even if it's like, say, a, almost 100% a, a aquatic turtle, you still need like an area just to make sure like if they just want to like go and hang out in a spot just to dry off, you need your heat and also you need your UVB. UVB is a very big important thing that people don't think about for turtles. Um do you know what UVB is? I don't. I was just about to ask you this. <laughs> so UVB is actually... Adam's uh, laughing. I don't know turtles, man. <laughs> uh, well, that's more of a reptile thing, but <clears throat> you can also use UVB to sterilize your tank. That's kind of like that UV ray kind of thing. But the UVB is basically a type of radiation that the sun gives off that gives us, like humans, sunburn. But it actually allows reptiles to metabolize their calcium. If you do not give uh, your reptiles or turtle uh, UVB, basically what will happen is that the turtle's body will start taking the calcium from their bones and using it internally in their own body and passing it through. And they'll get something called metabolic bone disease. So even if you pump them full of calcium, like say you give them crickets and, you know, uh, turnip greens with like just yeah it, even cuttlefish bones if you like give them anything that has calcium in it it'll just pass right through the, the body you need so to give them uvb so they can process that i'm assuming that wild turtles get that from the normal sunshine and that's why they sunbathe exactly yeah. gotcha. in, in captivity they need uh uh the uvb bulbs and they do expire too so people don't realize that even if a bulb a uvb bulb is still on doesn't mean that it's actually still giving off that radiation. And so y'all, you uh, need to do a six-month check every, like, every six months. You need to check your UVB, essentially. Now, will my party light work? Uh, can I use my little black light party no, light you cannot when I want to turn the candles that. low? Nope, you cannot no. use that. You actually need to go to your local no. reptile store, yeah. even if it's, like, Petco, PetSmart, or just, like, your FLS. I don't even know if fish stores would carry it probably not but like or you can contact the uh tie-dye iguana directly 
Yeah. 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 You can also contact us if, I mean, if you have any questions, we're more than happy to answer your questions. Uh, your best bet is to actually take your, if you have a UVP bulb, go to your reptile store. Usually they'll be able to uh, check your UVB, essentially. Uh, we do checkups for completely free. Just bring in your bulb. We'll we'll check it for you and, you know, let you know if it's good to go. Rotate our tires and everything. Uh, you know, lug nuts and everything. Oh, man. They you know, I, never, I was going to say, I never knew that uh, turtles have a lot in common with Superman. You were saying, Adam? Oh, I was gonna just going to say they make UVB meters, but they're kind of expensive. But if you they're have a lot expensive. of animals... Then and you have a lot of bulbs. Then you can check all your bulbs at the same time, yep. and that's something you could think about. But yeah, change them every six months or so, six to nine months. Say so up at the shop, more. we actually we actually uh, do a monthly check of all of our UVB bulbs anyway, just to make sure because sometimes a bad bulb will come in. Like say you get uh, we have something called solar glows, which is a two in one, so it's a heat and UVB all in one. It's a mercury vapor bulb. Um, that seems expensive. They're expensive, but the really nice thing about them is they last a very long time. We've had them last over a year on UVB, not just heat and like everything else, but they their UVB will last over a year. But we still check them monthly because sometimes they're manufactured improperly and they the UVB doesn't output as much as it should, and it's just as bad. But it's very rare, but we still check it just in case. And they cause wicked second degree burns. I've actually got a couple scars from some mercury vapors. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Do those work with uh, timers or dimmers? Uh, so mercury vapors do not work with dimmers at all. Uh, neither do UVB bulbs. Um, any of your heat lamps, like any specific bulbs where it's heat, UVB, or a combination of both, we do not recommend dimmers at all. Um, it does work with timers, though. Timers are completely fine as long as it's an on off uh do not have a timer where it like you know starts dim and then goes to a bright to a certain time it's either an on off function function good question all right so we have double the filtration i'm just trying to go through the list here make sure that whatever uh tank container mini pond whatever you want to put them in they have to have places where they can dry off and sunbathe with uvb yes. right they need to charge and, up like Superman. What other uh, environmental do they? Most turtles that I know of, right, can stand, especially because I'm in Minnesota. They're wild here. They can certainly withstand some cold. But is there turtles that we have to worry about to a certain temperature in the water? You know, from my experience, I really don't know of any turtles that need a heater in their water as long as they have a place to, like, you know, sit and sunbathe there might be some tropical turtles such as like the mata mata or the uh the flying uh soft the shell turtle. turtle yeah the those um and then yes. also the in, in indonesian snake turtles like any yep. of those um any of the tropical ones you it wouldn't hurt to maybe put a, uh, a heater on there but i wouldn't go above you know 75 on most of those because um turtles always use, seem to use water as like an escape from the heat essentially so they can stay cooler. Um, but it's also, you know, a way for them to scavenge and stuff like that. So any other recommendations as far as requirements for the housing of the turtle? Um, substrate, like for instance, we, we just learned that uh, Bashirs, you shouldn't be using uh, gravel because if they accidentally eat a piece, they can't shit it out. So you sand. Is the same thing like a turtle? Uh, 
yes and no. So with turtles, I usually just say bare bottom or if you use any kind of substrate, just use like any kind of like like loose substrate like sand or like a very small gravel because then they'll still be able to poop out the small gravel. Uh, it's still not great for them. Uh, that's why we usually use floating foods. If uh, so we have any kind of like... are big dumb, they will eat rock on yes. accident. Yes. I mean, like any other animal, like if they, they see food in the dirt, they're going to go after it. They're going to eat it. Um, go shrimp. Yep. Yeah. They'll, <laughs> they'll definitely eat go shrimp. Those are pretty tasty. Um, another thing is people don't really think about, but the land that the turtle actually sits on is not just not just a floating rock. You can also have substrate. So say if you have a pair of uh, turtles, like a male and a female, whenever your female wants to lay, now you have some substrate, such as like, you know, peat moss mixed with like some sand, stuff like that. You can have that as like where they go and like sit and hang out. Um, other than that, substrate for turtles are pretty easy. Just keep it nice and loose. Just nothing too big, essentially. Peat moss and chill. Totes. <laughs> So as far as uh, feeding your turtle, I've heard a lot of things. Adam, uh, what do you recommend feeding your turtles? Well, there's floating turtle pellets and fish. Don't do beef that the USDA puts in ferret snacks. Yeah. Well, the USDA didn't. It's the it's the food company. Gotcha. But, so sticks is uh, the most common. Yeah. Um, so we have a question here in Discord. And do you recommend actually feeding turtles on purpose stuff like feeder guppies? Yeah, that's totally yeah. fine. Just like, not goldfish. So yeah, well, goldfish are they like in what like B B vitamin B? Yeah. yeah so unless you freeze them, then you have to freeze them because they release a chemical that actually kills off it, destroys vitamin B and stuff that it eats. That's why they're not good for fish either. But like they'll eat them. But yeah, you should feed them dead stuff. Um, in so I, I've heard the thing like you, for fish, right? We try not to feed live uh, food because we don't know where it came from. It's not the healthiest choice. There may be bacteria or disease that the fish itself has. Are we less worried about that with a turtle? Because frankly, they're not going to get fish diseases or are we still a bit paranoid about that? I honestly have never had any issues with live feeding a fish to a turtle. Obviously you're going to have, the key with any animal is variety is key. Like it's just, you, you don't just feed straight goldfish. Don't just feed straight feeder guppies. Don't just uh, feed straight, you know, pellets. Um, you always want to have like a varied diet. Like even if it's, you know, sometimes you could, you know, cut off a piece of raw chicken and feed that to your turtle, depending on uh, what kind of turtle it is, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you're, but if you're going to feed them just a straight, diet of something always go with the pellet because it has more stuff in it versus like just goldfish or just you know chicken slices or chicken livers that kind of stuff and so they're literally trash cans is what i'm getting from this yeah they yeah that's i mean that's what they do is they scavenge the bottom they're kind of like catfish a little bit um they'll obviously they'll come up to the surface and eat like some yeah. algae and like worms and even baby ducks sometimes that will be swimming across the there lake. There's a really cool video of that. Yeah, but Actually, they're also like catfish and they'll, they'll scavenge the bottom for food. And if you have an omnivorous turtle, they really love strawberries. 
Yes, but be very careful with any kind of fruits such as strawberries. Uh, it's very high in uh, sugar, which can actually cause like mouth rot. So be very careful with that. Even though they can wash it away, it's, it's I would still consider it a treat rather than just like a part of their staple diet. I'm I'm just beside myself. Like I'm so used to fish having very refined diets, being picky about this stuff. Like, ooh, only the best will do. Now you're basically like. I don't know. Take a shit in a tank. See if they eat it. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> That's pretty honestly, much how turtles are. They're literally trash cans. This is the last thing I expected from you guys. It'd be like, no, no, they need this specified diet. We even got like a damn light bulb. You have to do special, but food? Nah. They'll eat a toe. Yeah. I mean, it 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 just still doesn't hurt to have a more refined diet. Like, make sure you know it's it's a variety. Like, just make sure. Like, even throw, uh, say turnip greens or your mustard greens just blanch them for like 10 minutes in some boiling water and put them in the water the turtle will eat that that's still really good for them it gives them some fiber and a little bit of like what other nutrition you know i got a local kid and he comes over and i have all kinds of chubby grass and he just takes buckets and buckets of it oh my turtle will eat it and he just dumps it in there and it sure enough it disappears yeah yeah i mean it's good food what about other plants and doing like a planted type tank? How well does that work out for turtles? Uh, I wouldn't be more worried about the turtle eating them rather than actually like digging up the plants and just uprooting all your hard work. Looking for worms? Pretty much. Earthworms. They love earthworms too. They love earthworms. It's not beside yourself to treat your turtle. Go to your local bait shop and just buy night crawlers. Yep. You can totally do that. Um, you can also, you know, pick up maybe even mealworms. That'd be totally fine as well. Uh, even waxworms, whatever kind of crawlers, creepy crawlers that your uh, bait shop has, you can totally feed that to your turtle. Um, just don't make it your staple. Your staple should always be the pelleted food. On some other cases, like you have, uh, what was it Chinese bearded dragons? Generally, we do like crickets, right? And when you, before you put crickets or mealworms in, whatever you're feeding, you decide to toss them in some of this vitamin powder. Do turtles need supplements like vitamin powders? Oh, very much so. I mean, there's no other way for them to get it other than us to give it to them. Uh, it's like giving them a, a cuddle bone. But if your turtle doesn't want to chew on that cuddle bone, where else are they going to get their calcium? So you have to supplement whatever diet you have with either your uh, calcium supplements, your vitamin supplements. But any you of that those are in the pellets or sticks in this situation. It, in in any of the pellets and sticks like that, they should be already grounded up into that that form. Gotcha. So if you're not using them and you're only using the weird, you know, feeding them toes or something else that isn't processed like that, make sure that you're using some sort of uh, powder to put them in. Something like that. Or, you know, uh, say if you're feeding them like goldfish for, or, you know, rosy reds for the week, you're not going to be able to dust your rosy reds. It's just going to wash off in the water. But if you're using, <laughs> if you're using crickets where they, you know, sit on the water and then swim away, but they still get, they're, they're not completely submerged. They're so covered in calcium. So when your turtle comes up to eat them, they get a little bit of calcium. All right, this is going to be inhumane, but hear me out, right? I'm, I'm a guy coming from the outside in. I might have a million-dollar idea. You can take it with your permission. Not for the listeners. This is for Jenny only. So what if you decide to take that powder, 
mix it in a little water, put it in a syringe, and inject your crickets. Nah? No. <laughs> it's in there, baby. It's in there. You, you, okay, you can't. <laughs> but it's what you're going to kill the cricket. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't feed that cricket, okay. why, it's so use, much work. I use cricket as the example. So rosy reds in most states are bait, bait fish, right? You can but buy their bones are made of calcium. Right. So you get a rosy red, you inject it with <laughs> like <the> syringe concoction, <laughs> and you throw it in there saying, best of luck. It'll wobble a little bit. It seems a bit cruel, but hey, it's going to get the vitamins. If you want The Aquarium to. Guys podcast does not endorse juicing Thank you. I just got I just I just got a note from HR. I don't know who hired them, but you know, I really well, miss Jim because he just zapped him in the nuts with that really would have the shot collar. It is. It's still and also I like how we use juicing in the actual term like a turkey baster. That's hilarious. Well but, in, in the reptile world it's called gut loaded. Yeah. Well, it could not be in the yeah. gut. It's butt loaded, maybe, if you use the syringe correctly. Well, we just when you feed when you feed your feeders particular things, you gut load them. Exactly. Yeah. But at least they're voluntarily putting it in their gut. Hey, yeah, contact right. legal, copyright butt loaded. <laughs> I think I think Peta's at the at my door right now. Done. Just because of bait fish. Well, I'm I'm still beside myself. So we we have some sort of. You know, tank. Now, what's the minimum? I'd say, like, a 40-gallon for small turtles only. Yeah. Uh, we got to have that for beginners that, like, Mom, I have a 10-gallon tank. I want to have a turtle. You know, be human. Well, theoretically, you could have baby musk turtles in a 10-gallon, but they'll need bigger tanks. So, we'll start about 15 years earlier where I actually had a couple turtles myself, and I started with a 10-gallon tank. I know. That's shocking. Well, actually, what had happened was basically I kept them. I had these turtles for uh, three years. I had them in a 10-gallon. I eventually moved them up to like a 30-tall, and but I knew that they needed heat places to like sit out and everything, but it, um, the UVB they got is every week I'd dump their uh, tanks um, and I'd let them sit outside for a couple hours while I you know, cleaned out their tank and refilled up back their water and stuff like that. Um, Honestly, learning that, because after three years of having them, they were definitely stunted. Um, they were uh, little eastern painted turtles, and they only got maybe three and a half, five, three and a half, four inches. Um, so they were definitely very stunted, and I eventually actually let them go back into the wild, back into the pond that I eventually found these baby turtles at. Um and now knowing what I know now, I should have started with at least a 40-gallon tank. You can start with a 10-gallon tank for like maybe the first week of their life. But then, man, you these turtles, they grow so fast. You really need yeah. to have at least, you don't need necessarily a deep tank, just a tank large enough for them to like come up and like sit underneath the bulb, get their UVB, get their heat, that kind of stuff. Um, and then just enough water for them to dive down at least a body length. Like a twenty long would be perfect because it's kind of short, but it's got a lot of it's got a length for the a lot of length for them to swim, and you don't have to fill it all the way. A twenty long is definitely a good starter tank for the first like maybe you know 
year, maybe even just six months. I would a year's kind of pushing it, but uh, six months of a turtle's life whenever you first get it, if it's small enough. Um, minimum with most turtles, you want a seventy-five gallon. That's like including like red-eared sliders, because red-eared sliders, most people don't realize they will get sixteen inches and more. So yeah. So what's a turtle? Um, best for beginners, and what's the hardest turtle to keep, in your opinion? I couldn't really say the hardest turtle because they all sort of have. Oh, the we'll same... make Adam answer that question. Oh. <laughs> so, what's Go the ahead. easiest turtle, Jenny? Uh, honestly, the easiest turtle is any of your just like little little sliders, like even the red-eared, like it, it, even though minimum seventy-five gallon, most turtles are actually pretty damn e pretty darn easy. Um. They really don't take much. They're pretty hardy as long as you're giving them the proper UVB, proper heat, uh, proper, you know, varied diet. You're good to go. Most turtles are, they're, they're going to survive pretty much whatever you throw at them. They're basically feeder fish. No, don't throw that in there. Are, are, <laughs> no, it's going in there. Like, no. you know, okay. So, Adam, no. what? What's the hardest turtle in your uh, experience that owning a pet store uh, that you just basically either didn't carry or told people that you should probably work your way up to this turtle? See, now she went with the red ears as the easiest one, but I always said that they were the most pain in the ass. And why? I like, well, because they get so big. Everybody gets it. Everybody. Those are the most common little turtles. Those little red or the red eared ciders are the most easily bred. They're the most common. And. I always had a problem with them because people will get them and they'll see this little tiny, you know, 50 cent piece size turtle and they'll go, okay, we're good. And then they get those stupid little plastic, you know, you know, Jenny knows what I'm talking about those stupid plastic things with the Island and the palm tree. And they think that the turtle's going to live in the, yeah, they're just garbage. So I always said that for like my, my opinion of an easy one is like maybe a Mata Mata, which is expensive. They're like five, 600 bucks, but they're easy. They're like completely easy or like a musk turtle. But I never, you know, the red-eared sliders, they, they move around and they have more personality in my opinion. But that's my just, I don't know. Everybody has different opinions on things. Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of turtles just have uh, different needs, but they're mostly I mean, even the so you're saying the red-eared sliders are only harder to take care of because they need that bigger tank. If you're willing to 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 throw that bigger um, size tank for a turtle, they're totally fine. But if you're wanting that smaller turtle, like if you're wanting to stay at that twenty long, a musk turtle would be just fine. But you're still going to need that land. Yeah, but most people that I had to deal with were like, oh, I can just throw throw the map turtle or you know a snapping turtle and just throw it in a 20 gallon tank and it's fine for its whole life. And it's like, no dude, they get big and they need certain things. Mm -hmm. so, so let's go talk about, uh, turtle diseases. So generally with fish, you know, the most common is ick. There's a lot of others that go down the rabbit hole, but what's some of the most common stuff you see and how do you treat turtles? I honestly couldn't really say too much on that because I haven't really, because, okay. So <clears throat> at Tide at Iguana, we really don't have, we don't sell turtles, uh, just mostly for you, the fact of like. Turtle customers. Huh? You just help turtle customers. Basically. Um, 
with any diseases, we basically just tell them to go to their local reptile vet. We don't really have much in the way of um, uh, treating turtles themselves. Um, in my experience of having turtles, we haven't really, I've never really had an issue with um, like any diseases. The only thing I've had is like maybe say uh, a couple of the turtles have like gotten into a rustle and like, you know, they lose a digit and stuff like that. They don't really, I, I honestly don't know too much in the way of diseases for turtles. How about um, you? Okay. The only two that I know that show up a lot but they show up mostly in box turtles are abscessed ears, which turtles have ears. Mm. And I have seen that. Um, and I've actually seen that in the aquatic turtle and they had to go to the vet for that. Don't know how it got an abscessed ear and then vitamin A deficiency where their eyes swell up. That's the one of the uh, things where you don't necessarily have a disease. You just have a malnutrition issue. I mean, that's not like yeah. I did. I didn't. I did something wrong. This happened. I, I wouldn't really call that a, a disease. Whereas other things like fish, I can have a perfectly fine fish, but then I introduce something to the water and it caught something. It's not because of the diet I was giving it. So there isn't like you know turtle herpes that we have to worry about commonly that happen. No, only yeah. if you're a teenage kid that has a turtle bite. It's bite is. Uh... You know, yeah, bite is. <laughs> don't ever. That sounds like a sounds like something for story time. Or did we cover that on a story time already? We did, and there was only a million swears. You know, I think recently we just ran out of ducks. You know, I think we we finally upgraded a machine to beeps because ducks are just getting too expensive with COVID nowadays. <laughs> the DNR called. They it, said you're, you're you're too many ducks in your podcast. We need to save some for nature. It finally happened. What am I missing with uh, turtles? Because, you know, with fish, we go into more detail. Like, you know, they have these pH requirements, but this is, you know, they take their oxygen from the air. So we don't have to worry about water quality as much, although we have to have double filtration. So Some turtles breathe from their butt, too. I was just about to say that. <laughs> All right. Um, so now so we the start reason with frogs and we finish with, uh, with butt breathing. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna gut load a fish while we while you talk about this just because I don't believe you. So the main reason why turtles breathe from their breathe through their butts is because whenever they're in brumation throughout the winter, um, they actually will hibernate underneath the water and they will use their butts to basically just take in oxygen whenever they're underneath the water. Uh, their their heart rate will go down to like literally like it's almost nothing. A minute. So when I panic, do I breathe out of my butt? No, that's just a fart. Never mind. You talk through your ass. That's... I talk through my ass. Okay, thank you for clarifying. That's an exhale. Have you tried inhaling? <laughs> I tried inhaling. You know, I'll get right on that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna inhale some air after this, just to be sure. Oh my god, I did Google it, and you guys are right. I thought you're just sitting there feeding me lines. I hate you, people. There actually is ass gasps. Why would we lie about this? Because because it's fun to pick on Robs who doesn't have turtles. Robs, you're getting a turtle next time I see you. you no, I'm not, I'm not giving you antlers. Mouth to ass resuscitation kit. No, <laughs> you're gonna get a four inch turtle and you can just blow in its <laughs> butthole. Oh my god, this... a four inch aquarium turtle. Yes, an aquarium turtle. 
All right. All right. I'm just going to pause it there for the sake of, for sake of this. What are we missing? What are some of the common mistakes that people have besides, you know, bad light bulbs? Um, really, it's just people not real. It, the main question we get is like, whenever people call into the shop, they're like, you got any turtles? It's like, what kind are you looking for? It's like the, the water ones. It's like, people don't realize that whenever they are looking for a turtle, they're thinking of a red-eared slider because that's the most common one. They don't realize that there's multiple different species, such as like, you know, the map turtle or the, the uh, musk turtle, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they also don't, they're, we can't tell if um, they're talking about tortoises either, because uh, have you ever heard the saying, a turtle or a tortoise is a turtle, but a turtle is not a tortoise? You ever heard that before? I, I have, but I never gave it much thought. I'm still on butt breathing. I'm sorry. My brain's in the place. It has to do with uh, hibernation, rumination, that kind of stuff. Buttbreathing.com. All right. And not, not to go off of the subject, but we also have questions uh, uh, more from the audience. What are your thoughts on the current laws regarding fly river turtles? So what are the laws, Adam? I actually had to, I'm looking that up right now because the law might have changed from when I could get them. Back when I, I saw them on lists, they were like $8,000 a piece, and now they're like 2500 That's uh, insanity. Oh, dude, that's nothing for a turtle. I have a friend, he just, you know those uh, Amazon tor- turtles? The big, the big giant ones that, uh, the red, uh, what the hell are they? They're like the size of a car tire or bigger. They're like the size of a truck tire. Sure. The, the the, I think those are Galapagos. Those no, are no, 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 no. Those are tortoises. No, no, no. I'm talking about the aquatic turtles from the Amazon River. One of my friends brought a bunch of those in. Um, and I didn't even know you could get those, to be quite honest. I thought they were under CITES. But... Um, let's see here. Just give me one well, second. While you look that up, is UVB essential for species that are super aquatic? And they list Mata Mata and Fly River Turtles. Um, we t- spoke of Mata Mata and you said yes, but are Fly River Turtles? Sorry for, uh, require- for you- Um, I mean, yes. I mean, any kind of uh, turtle themselves, like if... Uh, they most turtles work in the daytime. They're mo- mostly diurnal. Uh, UVB is definitely a must, uh, especially if um, they sit up and bask. Uh, the fly river turtles. I don't think they, they come out of the water at all they, except for eggs. Yes, so I would say it's not a hundred percent required, but it doesn't hurt to have that UVB just for the fact of like. Whenever they're up and they have their nose out and, you know, they're just sitting there and they'll get a little bit of UVB. It doesn't hurt. It's almost, I'm going to get a little off topic here, but having a bird as a pet. UVB is also very nice to have. Even as a person, UVB is nice to have. That's where you get, that's where we get our vitamin D. (laughs) Excuse me, Jenny, just for your information, I get all my sun from LCD monitor tans. All right. pretty freaking bright over there you should Is it? contrast a bit high it's it's not i'm just <laughs> i'm just very white <laughs> rob goes in the sun and he burns yes i do like a little ginger boy um a few months ago my res 
help me That's with that. I'm Thank you. Red ear slider was lethargic and basking all day. So it sounds like it has Rob's disease where he's fat and lazy. She refused to eat when in the water could barely swim. At first I thought she was gravid, but after building a nest, she wasn't. I thought uh, maybe she had a uh, respiratory infection, but according to the vet, she didn't. A week later, she returned to normal as if nothing happened. Any ideas what she was experiencing? I feel like, right, and as a total expert in the last 10 minutes, that she uh, couldn't breathe correctly out of her butt. <laughs> no. Damn. Actually, All right. What is it? Actually, what is I it? thought about that one, and I've actually seen turtles. They'll go, and if everything's not perfect, they'll go through the process of laying eggs. I've seen this in reptiles, too. And then they'll get ready to lay eggs and then they'll just turn around and reabsorb their eggs. So that could have been what it was. That actually happens with fish on occasion as well. There's two things. So one, whenever we get a question uh, regarding even like a phone call to the shop, Hey, my breeder dragon or my turtle hasn't been eating for the past week. You know what, what's going on? It's like, well, the first two questions we ask is like one, how old's your UVB? Have you checked it lately? Have you got it tested? Uh, when's the last time you had it, you know, changed, uh, two, what's your heat like? What make sure your, your basking areas are up to temp. Uh, if those two questions right there are answered correctly, like it's a recent UVB, the, the UVB test came back fine. It's totally fine. The heat came back fine. It's totally like, you know, basking temp. The second thing is, is like, if what she was saying, or this, uh, question was saying was, they went to go lay, but nothing came out. There's also something called uh, something called being egg bound, uh, which is a big issue. Uh, that would be something you'd have to go to your local vet or herp vet for. Um, usually, they do X-rays, and then they can usually uh, give you any meds to help help pass any of those uh, over calcified, over mineralized eggs. Interesting. Well, next question uh, is. Best uh, shell care product, are there actually turtle wax buffing kits? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes and no. Um, we, I personally don't like to use any of the waxing kind of stuff because basically what you're doing is taking... Oh, that's a real thing? I just made that as a joke. It is. No, it really is. Well, I mean, <laughs> they do do, uh, you know, breathing butt parts. So but that's I mean... their butt, not their shell. Either way, so yes, they do do waxing stuff for turtles and slash tortoises. Um, I'm actually against them because of uh, they actually leave this residue over their shell to where it will actually stay for a while and they can't actually absorb that UVB that they require. Uh, any like major water turtles like Fly River turtles, they don't really need that kind of stuff. Um, if you ever want to just clean your turtle shell, instead of using that wax, like whatever turtle shell extravaganza whatever kind of stuff they try to sell you over the the shop we just recommend literally just take a toothbrush and some water and just scrub out all the spots that's it all right so no uh no turtle buffing needed so what about painting your turtle shell is that recommended no. what is the no. risk <laughs> yep, thank you <laughs> scraps or not scraps um, I, I hear a lot of people do that and i also hear that people and this is from my own experience in my area we have turtle races so some people bring their turtles in and put temporary paint in the back of the turtle just so that they can mark their turtle. 
they discourage that. It is not banned as long as it's temporary paint. So um, I, I recommend about? the uh, actually just chalk because it's something you can just wash right off. But you I do think that's not kind of what not, they're using. Yeah, do not use paint because that um, it may not seem like it, but turtle shells are quite breathable. They can actually absorb any kind of like stuff that's been just like put onto their shell. Um, I actually one time at the shop had a uh, tortoise come in and it was painted with nail polish. I actually spent my own money to get anti or non-acetone nail polish remover just to remove this stuff because it's kind of like the wax. They're not going to be able to absorb their UVB and it's just quite unhealthy for the animal. Interesting. What about, no, that wouldn't work either. Okay. This is my personal question. I didn't get this from a fan, but uh, if your turtle, right, if you have like a tortoise, right, not not an aqua turtle, um, is it okay to use those little fake finger um, skateboards on the bottom of their belly so they can move faster? <laughs> as long as you don't use an adhesive, that's totally fine. Okay, so what if you use like big rubber bands, you know, and that's not moving the turtle real tight? It's well, not very nice. Can, uh, yeah, <laughs> but if you leave them on for too long, the rubber bands can cut into their shell as they grow. Okay, so what would be a nice adhesive to stick like, your skateboard? You, you can use your rubber band, just don't use it for more than like half an hour or something. That's cut. It's it's it's. Right. I don't know. It just seems kind of cruel because they can feel that pressure of the I don't rubber know. band. Turtles, turtle. Move, well, yeah, but Those you don't realize job. turtle and tortoise shells are very very sensitive. If you've ever seen, like, just look up somebody scratching a turtle's butt, and you can see them. They're moving. They're wiggling their butt. They're really enjoying that. They can actually feel, like, take your finger and hit your fingernail. That's about as good as they can feel. Like, they can still feel it. Like, they can scratch. You can feel the pressure and all that kind of stuff. I just feel like, you know, this kid that just sits there and goes... Back here live oh, at the Waterfront Village right here. with my friend, the zombie, Jonathan. You're looking good. Jonathan just got an awesome I like turtles. job. What do you think? I like turtles. I yeah, like I feel, turtles. <laughs> I feel like that kid right there. I like turtles. And uh, then he decides to uh, super glue a skateboard at the bottom of your turtle. Don't do that. You know, be nice to your turtle. Don't paint your turtles. Only turtles can have fun hats, right? Is that, that, that or that's the line? As long as they can. Tip it off, my lady. No, not on her head. Just just set a a hat on the turtle. Oh, that's totally fine. Your turtle race day. So. <laughs> I'm gonna get punched in the throat with Jimmy next week. <laughs> oh yeah. I was actually quite upset that he wasn't here today, but happy Shame birthday, happy birthday, butthole. <laughs> Make sure you can breathe out of it. All right. Um. I'm not too sure if there's any, we finally got some feedback now. I'm not too sure if there's any new laws, just found the laws and regulations seem to be quite confusing. Fly river turtles. Right. It found uh, it's from 2014 of the pig nose turtle. Apparently there's some regulations on it. And I think it's having to do with poaching and importing. I don't see any bans. And I know friends that have pig nose turtles and fly river turtles. So I don't think that there's anything on it, but I could be wrong. I mean, these laws are ever uh, ever moving target for sure, but yeah. down here in Illinois, they're saying that you can't technically catch. Okay, so they're saying oh, we're just talking about national laws as well. We're not talking about state laws. Okay, state laws are very much different. State per like Minnesota can't even import any types of crayfish. Um, okay, 
mainly because of like the uh, spiny red crayfish that have now invaded Minnesota. So check your local laws on all of this. We're just talking about some federals. But uh, anything else that we missed, uh, guys? As no. far as at least generalistic topics. Not that I can think of, as long as you don't have any other questions for me. I, I feel pretty I, good about it. I just feel like I need to YouTube um, some you know, information. Butthole breathing. On turtles singing out their buttholes. Because if they can breathe, they can yodel. That's it's- all I'm <laughs> Not an expert, but I need to. I need to know this, or at least. Oh, that's what it is from its butthole. <laughs> okay, I got. I. I. All right, I just oh, figured out. What it it on the law. What Turtle Gape twenty twenty. Turtle Gape. Oh. <laughs> okay, so oh. here's here's what happened. Fly River turtles got put on CITES Appendix Two. That's been like that for years, though. No, apparently it wasn't when I was. Back a few years, like even five years ago, I don't think it was. They were on CITES Appendix 2. Uh, looking it up, January 2005 is CITES Appendix 2. Oh. Well, yep. then they've What's been on mean? there for a while, but... The CITES Appendix 2 does not necessarily, according to what I can see, um, allow... Res- it's restricted, not banned. So... We'll have the update on this. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm gonna ask around some friends. That's listening to the podcast. Send it in again. AquariumGuysPodcast.com. Bottom of the website. We need to know this information so people can know how to correctly not get pinned by the USDA by turtles. No, so, no, that's yeah, that's. Federal. I mean, honestly, if you have any other questions about turtles, just you know, give us a call. Uh, the Uh Our numbers on the website. Um, I don't know if you want me to give out the number, but uh, I mean that, that is up to you. I, I'd certainly uh, love to, to call you. It's, uh, it's not it, just talk to Miss Wyvern. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean you could also just ask for Jenny um, for Hot any Jenny. questions. Uh, so our number is actually six one eight six four two eight zero zero three. That's our number for the tie dyed iguana. Uh, check out our website. Check out our Facebook. We even have a YouTube channel. All that fun stuff. Um, Tell them the aquarium guy sent you. Yes, exactly. Um, we not only do reptiles, but we also do fish as well. So we do have freshwater fish. So, and well, fantastic. plants and stuff like that. So, yeah. I had a final question. Sure. Since this is kind of a bridge podcast between the two worlds of reptile and fish, would would recommending a turtle be something you would still do for someone who's not into fish or aquatics, or is it a good bridge for people into like fish to get into reptiles? Like, how do you feel about that? Uh, as far as the ex- background experience of somebody new coming in, for somebody that's going for reptile to fish or fish to reptile. Well, for somebody if that's new, somebody that's new with no background in aquatics versus somebody new with background in aquatics you know honestly who's it better for i i would say that turtles would definitely be a good platform to start for going in either direction just for the fact of you're still going to have to want uh your you know what do you call it cycling uh your tank cycled and all that kind of fun stuff uh so your fundamentals are the same exactly. is what you're saying. Yeah, but you also need that platform 
for them to sun and bask like most reptiles with the UVB and heat. So it, it is that, that bridge between both of them. So it's definitely the best of both worlds. I mean, come on. Any creature that you can feed butt-loaded rosy reds to, <laughs> that's a fun creature that you need to try out. <laughs> Again, <laughs> the Aquarius <laughs> podcast does not advise stuffing syringes full of... And neither does tight-out iguana. Nobody does. Uh, Think outside the, the bun. Think outside the butt. <laughs> oh man uh at that note we're gonna end the podcast guys um if you enjoyed what you heard you want to help us out go to according guys podcast on the website donate give us a couple bucks you know it helps keeps the lights on and uh maybe jimmy will come back to us <laughs> well he might not after that one except to punch you in the throat well we're gonna we're gonna see you guys next week i'm gonna go get jimmy i wish i would be punched in the throat <laughs> that's a t-shirt right there Thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast. Please go to your favorite place where podcasts are found, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever they can be found. Like, subscribe, and make sure you get push notifications directly to your phone so you don't miss great content like this. I never knew that a Minnesota accent could be so sexy until I heard Adam's voice. Go fuck yourself, don't you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's my boy, don't you know.